I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Holden with VSIN. Big show here. Craig Peterson from VSIN going to give us some selections. He's Probably, yeah, you know what? He's the best handicapper I know when it comes to college basketball. With all due respect to some of my really good friends who are excellent at it as well, he's going to join me right after the Front Range 4 to give some selections for Thursday night's game and Friday's game. Also, we're going to talk CSU, tough loss for them, little post-game recap. What I think about the Russell Wilson presser, we've got Chris Bryant to the Rockies, the Nuggets, Jokic, doing something that only Larry Bird has done quicker. But let's get into this final score. It, it, was a, it was a rough one here. And the closing odds for CSU against Michigan, plus two, plus 120 for Colorado State on the money line, and 137 was the total. I hit the in-game. And by the way, if you had the total, ugh. I hit the in-game um, under 72 and a half points for Colorado State. That hit, I told you a little bit about that, where if they got off to a hot start, we could hit the under on the team total, but the play itself lost. Uh, The total here, 75-63, 138. If you had the under in this game, that is a absolutely brutal, brutal beat. Uh, It was great for the Rams off the top. Stevens and Thomas were hitting threes very early, four threes right out of the gate. Uh, which is what got me on the team total under because that just wasn't going to uh, continue. Um, 
the defense was remarkable. It really was. I'll get into the stats here in a minute. Just some other, you know, thoughts on the game. Uh, Thomas had a great game. 12 points in the first 15-30. CSU had a 15-point lead in this one, 28-13. But, you know, right before the end of the first half, things started to go downhill. Roddy picked up his second personal on a cheapie with 3.2 seconds left. Second half starts, Roddy scores, and then Michigan goes on that 8 nothing run. The intensity just ratcheted way up out of the break. Um, Nico Medved, not a good job with the timeouts, not a good job with the adjustments in the second half. And I think the game plan, you know, it's great when you're hitting threes, but you can't go inside because Dickinson just had too much. He was too big. And Roddy just, Roddy Stevens, you know, the big guys, they just didn't have the games they needed to have. Uh he had Isaiah Stevens with three fouls with 16.36 to go. Picked up his fourth a little bit later with 6.47 to play. And then he fouled out with 3.27. Once he fouled out, the game was essentially over. They're not winning without Isaiah Stevens. Um, Rams are a great free throw shooting team, and they just didn't get to the line. I mean, that's another thing. They shot five of seven from the line. Michigan went 19-22. I mean, that's where the game was decided when you look at it here. 19 of 22, they had 15 more free throws than CSU. And I think that the natural inclination is to blame the referees for this. I, I don't think so. I just think that there were so many shots from the outside. They weren't penetrating. Stevens missed a ton of just gimmies, just layups. And they didn't get the ball down low. You know, Roddy just didn't get to the free throw line. It was tough. He went two of four. Uh, when he did so wow just it just stings Th this one stings a little bit we've been betting CSU all season long we've been having a lot of success with it but today's game just went to hell um, and that that plus two and a half uh, just just failed as well Thomas had a great game 15 points five of seven from three kind of went silent after the first half though and the turnovers were the other thing you know 11 turnovers they actually won the battle but <sighs> Frustrating. Really, really, really frustrating. Okay, so a couple other thoughts here before we move on. Uh, magical season. 23rd in the AP poll heading into the tournament. Second in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Isaiah Stevens going to be back, but David Roddy had a terrific career. He's going to be a second-round pick. Hopefully, he'll stick around the NBA for a long time. I wouldn't mind seeing the Nuggets uh, get him either, but magical season. That run is over, and that was number one. In the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's go to number two. Talk about some optimism now. The Russell Wilson press conference. That one was fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, let me give you some numbers again on what's going on before I get into the Wilson presser and some things I took out of it. First of all, Broncos plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl on Bet Rivers. Last week it was 1,200. Everybody rushed to bet it. It's dropped back down a little bit. And Wilson still plus 1,500 to win the MVP. Eighth highest odds to win it. It's possible. Justin Herbert ahead of him, though, at plus 900. Patrick Mahomes at plus 700. Uh, in terms of the AFC West, um, I want to play against the West. Uh, the best, I should say. Excuse me. Uh, Russell Wilson coming out with this comment. In terms of the AFC West, I want to play against the best. I don't fear anything. I love this from Russell Wilson. There's that stupid notion even with Aaron Rodgers, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go to the AFC West. It's not the easiest way to get to the Super Bowl. Who the hell cares about that? These guys are the ultimate competitors. 
I love that Russell Wilson came out here. Hell yes, he wants to play against the best. Let's go, Russell. Let's go. Love it. The, the best are not avoiding going to a team because there's tougher competition that they're facing. Give me a break. All right, so I like the fact that he took a lot of time out to thank the Seahawks. That's very classy. It just tells you the type of person that he is. Some didn't like it. I thought... You know, after spending your whole career there, they took a shot on him. He wins a Super Bowl, gets him to two Super Bowls. It showed a real connection between him and the city of Seattle. And I think that that is what's going to continue here in Denver. Uh, we're already seeing it at the Children's Hospital with him and Sierra. Uh, Pete Carroll and the rest of the Seahawks, though, they made it clear that Wilson was the one that wanted out, not them. So they were deflecting uh, any type of blame that the Seahawks fans were putting on him. But here's the stuff I like. Let's get into this. Jerry Judy. Woo! I can't wait. It's about to be so different 100%. That's what he said on Twitter. I can't wait. It's about to be so different. Yeah, it's not Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater anymore. You got yourself a legit Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think if Judy stays healthy, he's going for a minimum of 70 catches and 1,000 yards. I will be fascinated to see what his catches and yards props are. He's going to have a big year. Uh, Wilson, here's why too. Wilson, top three in deep pass attempt rates. That's 20 yards plus, that according to Pro Football Focus. Over the last six years, he was top three in five of those six years in deep pass attempt rates. Like that is perfect for Jerry Judy, perfect for Cortland Sutton, perfect for KJ Hamler, perfect for Tim Patrick. It's a vertical offense and they're going to be able to run play action off Javante. Here was Russell Wilson yesterday on NFL Network talking about the four wide receivers. Well, I think the biggest thing is that they're dominant at attacking the football. Mm -hmm. They're dominant at attacking the football. I think you, you see that in Tim Patrick against you know the Cowboys and how he attacked the football several times. You see that you know obviously with with with, with Jerry Judy and how how he makes people miss at the line of scrimmage. You, you see that with Cortland Sutton against the Steelers diving out for a football for a touchdown. Just different guys make making plays, and I think there's so many guys that step up and step in. I'm excited about it. I love it. He should be excited about it. These are weapons that just did not have what they needed a quarterback to succeed, uh, in my estimation. Sutton needed to come back healthy, um, show more than he showed last year. He looked almost disassociated from time to time. Patrick's a stud. Hamler, deep threat. Judy, stay healthy, man. And I think we're going to see a stud there. Um, what about Peyton? What about the general manager? I love this. This was interesting what he said here, and I, I got a take on it too. He goes, I, say, I would say when we arrived at the combine, it was starting to get pretty serious between the Seahawks and I, and we had a number of discussions at the combine. That's when we had to let a few more people in. We were still really cognizant kind of of keeping it a secret. We didn't want it to get out. You never know if it gets out, it could blow up the deal. Um, he also said that Russell Wilson was the number one option from the get-go. And I don't buy it. That's very interesting because the deal was announced just moments after Aaron Rodgers and that news came out. So I'm calling BS on it. And I still think that Russell Wilson was plan B. But I'll say this. I prefer plan B. And I'm not going to sit here and knock Peyton for telling a little bit of a falsity just to you know, make Russell Wilson happy. Okay. I think that's fine. And you see what he's done elsewhere on this team. Boy, he's just having a great offseason once again. Broncos, that's number two on the front range four. Number three, 
What the heck is going on with the Rockies? Chris Bryant. Now, normally, you'd have a fan base all pumped up about Chris Bryant. Are you talking? Oh, what? They got Chris Bryant in free agency. How did he, how'd they land him with this organization being as bad as they are? Well, let me start with this. Yesterday morning, Bet Rivers odds for the Rockies winning the 2022 World Series. They were 15,001. That's $1 bet. You win $150. Well, after the Bryant signing, I don't know, really know what changed. They still suck, but now they're minus 10,000. So now you're only getting $100 on a $1 bet. They, they should be like plus 14,000. You know, I'd take the odds down just a little bit. Yeah, Chris Bryant, maybe he gives them a win or two. Still waiting for that win total to come out, though. Or the win total, loss total, kind of setting it at 67 and a half. A little bit high, a little bit high for me. It's actually out. Um, so let me say that, 67 and a half. I'm leaning toward the under. Let's see what the rest of the offseason holds here for the Rockies. But Chris Bryant, seven years, $182 million. Don't understand what the vision is for this team. A lifetime at Coors. He's only played 16 games. If any, anybody comes out and tries to argue that he hasn't been great at Coors, just tell him to shove off. He's got 57 at-bats. He's hitting 263, 757 OPS, two home runs. But Coors Field is the number one park in offensive park factors. This is a little nerdy stuff. Uh, number one park for offensive park factors for right-handed hitters. Great hitting environment, especially, especially for right-handers. It's the fourth best park for right-handed power. So that's going to boost batting average too. The outfield is gigantic. Now, Bryant's a third baseman. He's going to end up playing left field. <laughs> no doubt about it. Maybe some DH too uh, as this contract uh, gets older and older. I am interested in seeing where they put his over-under home run prop. I'm seeing the line at 31. Or I would set the line, I should say, at 31 and a half. I'd set the line at 31 and a half. You say, oh, 30. He should hit 35, 40. I agree. But he's only hit more than 30 home runs two times. That was back in 2016, 2019. Yes, it was in Chicago, but he's not a layup for 30 home runs. I, I think he's closer to being a layup for 30 home runs, though, at Coors Field. Fascinated in where they put it. I'm going to set the line at 31 and a half. His exit velocity, not astounding, you know, above average. What is that going to do? You know, it's maybe it takes, you want to exit velocity. Maybe it takes a home run or two away from him. Um, he has a no trade clause in his contract too. So he's stuck here. If they want to unload him, uh, he has to approve the trade. Um, but what is the long-term plan here? Why would he come here? What is the plan? What in the hell are the Rockies doing? They sent $51 million in Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals. They could have re-upped with Trevor Story they fire their general manager. Monfort has no idea what he's doing. I mean, seriously, what is the long-term vision here? Why did they sign Chris Bryant? I'm, I mean, I'm glad they brought him in here. He's, he, maybe some people come to see him play, but it just, uh, why didn't you keep story? Why did you, everything changed from the middle of last season to now? Uh, it's just a complete debacle. It really is. It's tough to buy into this organization right now. And then the other question is, why would Chris Bryant even come here? I, I think the answer to that is uh, a fewfold. A, Denver's an amazing place to live. B, Coors Field, amazing hitting environment. Um, and, and honestly, he's been under the microscope in Chicago with the Cubs. 
that has turned into a tough baseball market for players when they when they don't succeed. And now he comes to the course. There's so there's zero expectation on him nationally. I mean, sure, we might get on him here if he gets off to a slow start, but big deal. I guess winning is not as important to Chris Bryant as it is to some other players. All right, that's number three on the front range four. Number four, the Nuggets. Last night on Altitude, Chris Dempsey, the wonderful sideline reporter uh, for the Nuggets. I expect to see Jamal Murray at some point during the Nuggets up game, upcoming four-game homestand. Now, I don't know if that means that Murray is playing, but we've kind of known that that Murray is on his way back. He's practicing in the G League, and he should be back with the team on Saturday, and we'll see what that means for him playing. But I thought that was interesting that he said that last night. Also, the Nuggets just ripped the Wizards, 127-109. Jokic, 29-13-8. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. This was wonderful. Get him some rest. Bones Highland, another 17 points, six rebounds, five assists off the bench. He's going bananas on this East Coast road trip. Amazing bone story that I heard last night. Uh, Joel Rush uh, was on the show, and I follow him on Twitter. He, he, he covers the uh, Nuggets for Forbes. Well, he tweeted out this play-by-play from the Wizards broadcast where they said in Philadelphia, so that last game, he got tickets for a bunch of firefighters that ended up saving his life in a house fire a couple of years ago and bones lost his grandmother and his cousin to the fire and his tattoos on uh, both of them. It's just an amazing story. And boy, did he play really, really passionately on the floor. It was great to see, uh, elsewhere. Let's talk betting. If you tailed me on the 47 and a half wins to the over, we're looking great. 42 and 28. They need six and six record to hit the over 47 and a half. Uh, the fact of the matter is they won in Philly. I mean, I thought a one and one between these two games in Philly and Washington, but to win both. <whistles> also, Jokic moving up another list. Second fastest to get to 10,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, 3,000 assists. The only one that did it faster, Larry Bird. Jokic is tying and passing Will Chamberlain. He's, he's mentioned with Larry Bird. He's the damn MVP. Let's do it. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Greg Peterson. He's one of the best in the business at handicapping college basketball, and he does it for VEASAN. He'll join me next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. 
Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Holden Kushner, now with Greg Peterson, the G Unit, the man who drinks, I think he said only one Red Bull a day, but I don't believe him <laughs> if it's only one because he only sleeps three hours. He hangs out with minions, and all he does is pick winners. Greg Peterson, welcome to the program. How are we today? Great to be on with you. And it's a Bang Energy drink, not a Red Bull, because Bang Energy drinks have more caffeine in them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do it, kid, but good job out of you. A uh, wonderful promo voiced by Brent Musburger as well. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you follow the G unit. Let's get into this here. I want to start with some Thursday night games. Then we get into the Friday slate. What is Creighton San Diego State doing for you? Because as a guy that follows the Mountain West very closely, uh, this to me looks like a very, very tight game. Bet Rivers has the San Diego State minus two right now. Thoughts on the Blue Jays and the Aztecs? I like San Diego State in this spot. I do wind up saying them as a four and a half point favorite. The big thing is Andrew Nemard, him just, or I should say, yeah, Mr. Nemard dealing with an injury, Ryan Nemard. He's been dealing with quite a few ailments for this Creighton team. And they're a team that even with Nemard in the fold, it's been an issue for them. They've been turning the ball over right around 300th in all of college basketball, being able to take care of it, nearly 14 turnovers for conscious. And this is a San Diego State team that they're going to get after you on defense. Top three defense with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. I do think that that is going to be a massive issue here for Creighton. Creighton does have a couple guys down low. The Ryans, Ryan Hawkins, Ryan Brenner, that combined to be able to give you right around 15 rebounds per game. Hawkins shoots it well from three. Kyle Brenner, a guy that gives you two and a half blocks per contest. But I do think that Nathan Menza and all that he's able to do down low for San Diego State is going to be big. And then Matt Bradley is going to be the best peer scorer out there on the floor. Matt Bradley has been able to give you right around 16 points per contest ever since the beginning of the month of December. Has been shooting right in the neighborhood about 45% from three-point range. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Set the soda at 116 and half San Diego State playing as sales face Creighton. They've really been embracing defense this year as well. So I like an under, and I like San Diego State. I mean, that's the amazing thing. The the total here is 120 and a half. That's a high school basketball total, Greg. <laughs> but this is what San Diego State does. They're just gross. They're gross basketball games. L let me ask you something about um, just betting in general. You get in in a lot of these games pregame. Do you jump in on live bets? Do you hedge live? Do you just enjoy betting live? Or for you, is it just betting pregame? I mostly do pregame. I tried a little bit of live betting when it came to the NCAA tournament a few years ago. It just really did not wind up working out well for me. So I just really stay in my lane with regards to what has been working out well with me. Now, I do feel like if you are a little bit more of a live better, it can certainly work out for you. Typically, at some of these books, you might wind up paying a little bit more juice to be able to jump in live. But I think the biggest thing is going in with a little bit of a plan because there are a lot of people that when it comes to live betting, they just wind up jumping in very aimlessly. They're just taking a look at it. It's like, oh, this score doesn't necessarily look right, rather than taking a look at how that score was actually accumulated, taking a look at the game flow. And I think that that's the most important part of it. If you're going to bet live, make sure that it's to your absolute biggest advantage and be able to take a look at the game because that is a true advantage that you wind up getting when it comes to live betting as opposed to just taking a pregame. So a game that I actually have a plan to bet would be Akron-UCLA. 13 and a half is a ton of points, Greg. That's that, that's a lot. I don't like to stomach that with a four against a 13. Uh, my plan, if I can back UCLA somewhere around 10 and a half, get three points, I'd really like it at nine and a half. That would mean Akron comes out on fire. So it may not happen. That's the other thing about live betting. Go in with a plan, but if it doesn't work out, 
then you just move on to the next bet. But give me the lowdown on the 13th seed. Akron uh, Zips going to take on UCLA in Portland. Minus 13 and a half, 128 the total on Bet Rivers. And we've seen a relatively sizable line move on this as well. This one up opening up on Selection Sunday, right in the neighborhood about 16, which I just think that that is way too much disrespect for an Akron team that they come in very hot. Akron has been able to do a very good job all season long at being able to lock teams down. They haven't given up more than 70 points in a game that wrapped up in regulation ever since the month of January. And they are Mm -hmm. coached by John Gross, a guy that was able to lead Ohio, another MAC team, to the Sweet 16 a few years ago. They very nearly made it to the Elite Eight. That was the year in 2012 in which North Carolina was able to knock them off. So he's got some coaching experience here in big spots. With UCLA, should they be able to get the job done? Absolutely, but I do still have my question marks when it comes to the backcourt of this team a little bit. Johnny Juzang looked significantly better in the last two games of the Pac-12 tournament. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, so it seems like he's coming into this NCAA tournament a little bit closer to 100%, but I would like to see him a little bit more. And when it comes to Akron, they should be able to do a solid job down low with Enrique Freeman being able to give you 13 points, right around 11 rebounds per game. And with Akron, I do think that they're going to be able to get their slow and grimy pace in this game as well. So I do like the points here with Akron. Slow and grimy. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's get on to the next side of things. The Friday slate in which we have a really interesting one here. Loyola, Chicago. Everybody remembers Loyola, the the sister, whatever. What was her name? Sister Sister Jean. Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean. Okay. 132 and a half is the total here. Is this really down to a pick'em? Is that where we are? Loyola, Chicago, and Ohio State, because Ohio or and Ohio State. Ohio State was the favorite here. I know a lot of people were jumping on Loyola, Chicago. Seems like a lot more than I thought they would. Which side are you on? I'm on the side of Ohio State, and we've seen this fluctuate a lot. I've seen places with Ohio State being a one-point favorite. I've seen Loyola Chicago jump out and be a little bit of a favorite as well. So we're pretty much right in the middle of both of those, and it's a spot in which I just think that Ohio State has better athletes in this game. I just don't think that Loyola Chicago is going to be able to match up very well with EJ Liddell. Liddell is someone that stands right around six foot eight, is able to bury nearly 40% of his threes, is able to give you eight rebounds, 20 points per game, three blocks. He's been absolutely magnificent for this team. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're able to get out of Loyola Chicago. Not a single guy gives you more than 5.1 rebounds per game. Lucas Williamson won the holdovers from that Final Four team. has been very good for this team. He's able to give you right around 13 points, five boards. It's a Loyola Chicago team that ranks in the top 20 in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Ohio State, they certainly do lack a little bit on defense. But with that said, this is also a Loyola Chicago team that I think that they're going to be just outgunned with athleticism. Malachi Branham in road and neutral court environments is shooting over 43 percent for three with nearly 15 points per contest so i like ohio state in this spot i set him as a one and a half point favorite so the next one is there's a heavy favorite in this one i watch a lot of big sky basketball i watch montana state quite a bit they are taking on a texas tech team very physical from the big 12 this is going to be a 9 45 actually 11 45 start here in the morning Denver Mountain Time, Montana State the 14 seed, Texas Tech the three seed, 132 and a half the total, Texas Tech minus 15. Any reason to jump on the Red Raiders at that big number? I don't see it with Texas Tech with regards to points scored on a per possession basis, right around 23 points fewer 
per 100 when they are away from Lubbock. So this is an offense that they really struggle away from home. Now, defense is dominant. They rank in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. So I like what they're able to do there. But it's a Montana State team that they themselves out there in a big sky that, as you know very well, lots of up-tempo teams, lots of teams that shoot it well from three. 70 points or fewer allowed in five out of their last six games. I like what you're able to get out of Aminu Mad. Adamu, who's been able to do a good job giving you double figures. He's been able to chip in their five boards. Abdul Muhammad is able to give you six boards, shoot right around 43, 44% from three parties. I know that Raekwon battle was dealing with a little bit of an ailment when it came to the back half of that Big Sky Conference final game, but it sounds like he's mm-hmm. going to be good to go in this one as well, so that has me a little bit more reassured. I just don't think that Texas Tech is going to be able to score enough to be able to pull away in this one. I wound up saying Montana State as an underdog of nine points, so I am very willing to take them in this spot. Wow, that is a big difference between your spread uh, and their spread. So look at Friday for me. Is there just a straight-up dog of more than, like, five points that could take this thing? And obviously we're talking about, you know, just throwing out some teams to you. Um Oh, you thought Montana State was one, but not outright. Is there one of these games, maybe an Iowa State that pulls the upset? Uh, Davidson, Michigan State's not big enough of a spread. Can can Colgate take care of business? Who's the upset on Friday? This one is one in which I did not wind up playing the money line. I merely took the points, but I did wind up taking them in my bracket. That would be the Chattanooga Mocs going up against Ooh. Illinois. And the bigger reason why is because Illinois is just not good whenever Andre Carbello is out there on the floor. And take a look at Malachi Smith on the flip side for Chattanooga. Not just one of the best players on his team, not just one of the best mid-major players in all of college basketball, one of the best players in all of college basketball. 20 points, six boards, three assists, shoots over 40% from three-point And I mentioned it with Andre Carbello, just how bad this team is whenever he's out there on the floor. It's a case in which Illinois is 3-6 and six when Andre Cabello plays at least 20 minutes. They're 6-2 and two when he plays fewer than 20 minutes. This according to Cooper Watson of Busting Brackets. And 13-1 and one when Andre Cabello does not play a mm. single minute in the game. That is one of the most demonstrative splits I've ever seen in my life with the guy on versus off the floor. And you've got Silvio De Sosa. You may remember him very well. He's the guy oh, from Kansas. Oh, I do, my friend. Lifting up the chair. He's not going to be afraid of Kofi Coburn down low. That is going to be a tremendous matchup. Chattanooga shoots it well from three-point range. We saw that with David Jean Paptiste. He wound up hitting that big, long buzzer beater in overtime that allowed them to be able to get to this spot in the NCAA tournament. I think that Chattanooga has a shot to be able to pull it off outright. Merely took the points with regards to the spread, but I advance him as a 13 seed in my bracket. All right, I'm feeling better now because Peterson and I have the same bet. If I lay a bet down, Peterson likes it. I'm feeling good. Plus, it is our, it's my boy, Silvio DeSosa, who played at Kansas, and now he isn't going to be a fair to Kofi Coburn. There are some teams, I think, that aren't don't have the big names, haven't seen these types of athletes, but yeah. Uh, That's one guy. Last game to get into, and then I'll ask you for uh, the team with the futures bet to win it all. But Davidson, Michigan State. I know you were going back and forth with people. It was during the Big Ten tournament. You're saying Michigan State, it's March. We're going to take Michigan State here. They're saying Michigan State sticks. Well, it is Tom Izzo's team. Do they have enough to cover the one or just to beat Davidson? Here, they're one-point favorites against Davidson, the 10-7 matchup. 140.5 on Bet Rivers is the total here. Any plays from this game? Now, I do like Tom Izzo and March. He always seems to get his team up for it. But 
I really like this Davidson team as well. I wound up saying Davidson as a favorite. I've got them advancing in my bracket. And wow. I think that Davidson, if they wind up getting Duke, they've got a good shot to be able to pull off that one as well because it's a Davidson team that they shoot over 41% from three-point range of true road games. They're in the top five in all of college basketball with that regard. And Michigan State just doesn't have that one guy that's able to take over late. You've got a guy in Gabe Brown who's been able to do a solid job being able to give you 11.5 points per contest. Only guy that scores more than nine and a half points per game for a Michigan State team that they also turn the ball over right around 13 times for contest. That is going to be a massive issue in this game. You take a look at what you've been able to get out of Michigan State. They've been okay on the glass. Marcus Bingham Jr. wound up having a couple nice performances out there in the Big Ten tournament. He's able to give you multiple blocks per game, but he's been in the doghouse of Tom Izzo for much of the season as well. I think that this is a relatively bad matchup because Luka Bravich, someone who is six foot ten comes in from the country of Austria, has been very good for the Davidson team. 14 points, 7 boards, able to shoot it very well from 3 points. Davidson does a great job of being able to take care of the ball. Michigan State, they don't force any turnovers. So I do think that this is a very good spot for Davidson. I like them to be able to pull it off. Uh, the futures bet, uh, have you put any in just for the straight national champion? And if you have, what do you think the best bet is there? I have not. It's one of these cases in which I'd be looking at a money line rollover, if anything, where you wind up putting one unit on the team that you think is going to win the NCAA tournament and you continue to roll it over because I want to be really taking a look at these matchups themselves because I really do think that this is a wide open NCAA tournament. I don't think that you should have one real clear favorite. And I think that playing it game by game is really the approach to take because all these teams are very tightly knit. You've got teams that certainly have their deficiencies, teams that have their strengths, teams that have their weaknesses. And I'd be rather playing those rather than jumping in pre-flop, not knowing what you're going to be able to get with regards to some of these matchups in the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight. Because if you wind up getting the right or wrong matchup, that could absolutely torpedo it. And a lot of these top teams like Arizona with Kirk Carissa, Baylor with LJ Cryer, they're dealing with injury concerns as well. And you don't want to have to try to handicap forward as to whether or not those guys are going to be coming back and are going to be close to 100%. Will you please plug how people can find your stuff? I know you have this amazing chart with your own lines that you give out for free every single day. Absolutely. At GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. And then if you're listening on VEASAN, We've got the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast that comes out every single day. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, what have you. And now you have some great Peterson experience. 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time. If you're looking mountain time, that is 11 p.m. And then it bleeds into the early morning hours, Friday and Saturday into Saturday and Sunday from 11 p.m. mountain time to 2 a.m. And then we're also going to be doing the show betting the bracket as well. That is going to be from 9 to 11 mountain time every Sunday as well. And everything winds up getting posted up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. Love it. Final thoughts on a whirlwind day in Denver sports coming up next. Thanks to G-Unit, Greg Peterson from VEASAN. This is Holden here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
Welcome back to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Let's wrap things up here with a couple of stories. I want to talk about a bet that I have for the uh, NCAA tournament with San Diego State. But first, Von Miller uh, going to the Bills. No doubt he wanted to return to the Broncos. I don't think there's any doubt. He kind of knew about the Russell Wilson situation first. He wrote the tweet. You know, he's saying, I love the Broncos. I love being in Broncos country. And he obviously wanted to come back here. But wisely, the Broncos didn't want to pay him what he wanted. Vaughn got six years and $120 million on a front-loaded contract from the Bills. You know, at this point, with the production that he gives you for the regular season, I just don't see it there. He's not in his prime anymore. Now, obviously, in the playoffs, he turned it on. But over a 17-game regular season, can he really do that? And especially at that price, I'm not buying it. Now, to me, this signing was kind of made to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes if the Bills face the Chiefs again in the playoffs. I really believe that. And we might see a motivated Vaughn against the Broncos in the playoffs. That would be scary, too. But it's a good signing for the Bills because they needed an edge rusher. They needed a pass rusher. Uh, Did they pay Vaughn a lot? Yeah, but they're going for the Super Bowl. They're selling all out. Uh, The last thing to talk about, you tell me if there's a better two days on the sports calendar. I know CSU Ram fans and those of us that backed them, we're a little down right now, but I don't care. I'm going to go right after this. I'm going to go sit down on my couch and watch the rest of these games. Oh, it's going to be amazing. You tell me if there's a better two days. Not for me. Uh, I'm taking San Diego State minus two tonight against Creighton. Blue Jays were threatening in the uh, conference tourney and their conference tourney. They beat number one seed Providence. They did lose to Nova 54-48 in the title game of the Big East. Uh, they're ranked 53rd in Kempom. The Aztecs, we know the Aztecs, right? If you've been following this show, defense, defense, defense. They can't score a lick, 65 points per game, 313th in Division One. but they're holding their opponents to 57.7 points per game Second in Division One. Now, I was thinking, do I take the total under 120? No. I mean, that's just, you can back into 120 points, okay? I'll do the same thing that I did with CSU. If this game gets off to a hot start, hit the under if you see it up around 130. Hit the under. Um, but, again, San Diego State minus two is the play. Thank you so much for checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Thanks to Greg Peterson for hopping on and our producer, Stephen. I will catch you tomorrow.